Hello everyone, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness on behalf of our sponsor, Upsitnik & Associates. In these unprecedented times, we reflect on our future, both in the next few weeks and months, but also the upcoming years and decades, and it's time to prepare for that future. Upsitnik & Associates has been contacted by many healthcare workers, as well as old and new clients, to prepare wills, powers of attorney, and advanced directives, also called a living will. All of you need these documents, so don't say you don't have any assets to speak of, no children or other dependents. Regardless of the circumstances now, you will need a will for today and tomorrow. Al Upsitnik feels so strongly about having wills and other needed documents prepared that Upsitnik and Associates can prepare your will, power of attorney, and living will at no charge, you heard that correct, no charge until the end of 2020. No hidden fees or gimmicks. Al feels so strongly about planning for the future at this time that he is willing to assist you with your future. Trust Opsitnik & Associates, attorneys for 42 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and everywhere in between. You can find them online, OpsitniksLaw.com, on Facebook, Opsitnik & Associates, or call them toll-free 1-866-391-3299 to prepare for your future. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Carnival of Randomness. This one's rather special as it is Memorial Day and I figured what better way than to celebrate our veterans and those who fought to make us a free country by reaching out to one. And I have with me a real live World War II veteran, 95 years young, a legend in his spare time. The world knows him as Joe Opsitnik. Many people know him as That's Him Officer. I simply call him Pap, as he is my grandfather. Pap, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Fine. Good to talk to you. You too. How's life in quarantine? All right. Well, it's a little tough. You can't do much. Nah. You missing baseball? Oh, yes. So what do you no think? No activity on the field. What do you think's going to happen? you think they're going to just shorten the season, or what's going to happen, do you think? I, I don't know whether they'll be any. I think they'll just shorten the season now because yeah, professional uh, baseball is uh, should have started. We should have had a month in already. Oh, God, yeah. We should be, yeah, 30-some-odd 30, 30 games in by this point. Yeah. And they're still talking about playing hockey playoffs for, for last year. So yeah, I, I think, don't know what yeah, yeah, but with the, the time that's been gone by i think the best thing to do would just be to start the playoffs you know yeah. so okay but so baseball is your game right i know you you told uh I like it. what's that i like it yeah well and we all played how long you been how long you been watching uh the baseball there bird probably since you were a little little kid right oh yeah 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 so Rook, before we get into the world war stuff. Who are some of the best ones you ever saw? I know you went to Cleveland to see Bob Feller pitch before he went out after two-thirds of an inning. Yeah, we were going to go to the service, so we figured we never saw Bob Feller. And we went to Cleveland from Pittsburgh, and shit, he lasted about two hours, and they knocked him out of the box. Uh, but, hey, you got <laughs> to see Bob Feller. There are not a lot of people yeah, yeah. wandering around uh, the planet Earth that can... Say that. Well, well yeah. did you ever see Ted Williams, or was he in the, the service? Because I know he played in the service, didn't he? Oh, well, yeah, Ted Williams was in the service. Did you ever see any yeah, of those did. service games? Uh, I probably did, yeah. I probably saw Ted. 
because I was in Norfolk for uh, a while, going to a, a, a service school, you know, and for different specialties. And I saw a lot of those guys. They were they were at the Air Force. They were mostly in the Air Force, and they were at Norfolk. Yeah, I was going to say because wasn't wasn't Ted Air Force? Yeah. Well, how how yeah. many other guys were there? I know there was quite a few, but so who are some of the other big names you remember from being playing military ball? Oh well, I, I I'd probably get them mixed up, but Ted Williams and. Uh, I don't know. I better stop right there. <laughs> Do you ever? Did you? I I don't know at what point you started. What did you ever get to see? Like uh, any of the Yankees, like Babe Ruth and Gehrig and all that, or was that because they didn't have interleague play until what ninety seven? Uh, no, the only thing I had to remember, I used to have the baseball cards, and I used to buy bubble gum, and you got a card. And, oh and yeah, the old to, the old gum packs. Yeah, and then then we would switch cards, and you were saving, uh, you know, players, and everybody had a favorite, and there were different methods you could save teams. Or well, who was your you favorite when you were growing up? Who was your baseball hero? Well, I liked Joe DiMaggio. Oh, I think everybody liked Joe DiMaggio. He was the man. Yeah, yeah. and we had uh, in Pittsburgh. We had the Wainers. Mm-hmm. They were they were twins. Was it Paul and who was the other one? Paul and Lloyd. Lloyd, okay. I can never remember Lloyd. I remember Paul. Yeah. Where did they and, play uh, back then? Was Forbes Field around then, or was it before Forbes Field? Forbes, Forbes Field. It was down there across from, in Oakland, across from the Cathedral Learning. Okay, down down by Pitt. Down, yeah, down by Pitt. And uh, uh, the back field where you'd go into the museum on Forbes Street. Okay. It was uh, well, right across from the Shenley Hotel. Oh, all right, yeah, because uh, I know when I when I was born, Forbes Field was long gone. But I remember, I think at some point in they they put a piece of plexiglass or plastic over what used to be the old home plate. I don't know if that's still there. Yeah, okay, they probably do. Yeah, yeah. and they tore the wall down. They have a a portion of the wall is a memento, old Forbes Field. Well, those were the days of sports, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. He got a ten cent beer then inside. <laughs> Wait, those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> ten ten cent beer, ten cents doesn't buy you anything anymore. No, not anymore. Ten cents won't even buy you a piece of penny candy. And uh, we used to, I used to live in Wilkinsburg, and uh, uh, they used to have Boys' Day one day a month, or and then Kids' Day, you know. Yeah. You get out, get a ball game free. And uh, my dad didn't have a car, so we probably all jumped on the streetcar. I don't know whether we had to pay or pay 10 cents or checks used to be three for a quarter. So I can't remember how much we would pay. Yeah, probably if it's three for a quarter, a dime sounds about right for a single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was 10 cents. But if you bought three, you saved a nickel out of three trips. Well, I know and um when Dad was growing up, didn't you used to go down to the games? Because you saw uh, Clemeny a lot, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Clemeny and Stargell and Mazeroski and all those guys, the the you know the legendary pirates before a 20-year losing skid that I saw when I was growing yeah. up. Well, even after we got out of the service, we used to 
you know, the old guys you hadn't seen for a couple of years and would buy a six pack probably for a buck and take it right in there and sit it for a buck. You sat in the stone bleachers by the scoreboard. Then after about six, seven innings, we used to take turns. You, you couldn't watch. You, somebody had to watch for baseballs coming down while the guys were drinking a beer. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get hit in the face while you're drinking a beer, do you? <laughs> That's right. At least not at a baseball yeah. game. Right. Well, now, I remember you, you told a story when the Giants came to Pittsburgh and you were in the outfield bleachers and you, you then you give give old Willie Mays a little bit of a, a little bit of the business. Yeah. Was that it? You know, hey, Willie, it's me, Joe. I don't, did he turn and acknowledge you or was he too focused on the game <laughs> at that point? He waved. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. But uh, but baseball, what about uh, football? Did you follow the Steelers from the start, or did that take you a while, like after the service? Oh, no, I used to follow the Steelers. Yeah, because they came in in 33, so you would have been nine. But uh, it wasn't as popular, you know. Right, because the Pirates were much more established at that point. Right, and uh, money wasn't that free then because, you know, we had the Depression in 32, 34, somewhere like that. Yeah. And uh, things were restricted. So you couldn't just go out and randomly buy shit? No, no, no. Well, then I was only a kid. Well, true. All right, so you, you were, I know you said you were down in Norfolk for, uh, what was it, up for a sailor school or what did you call service school? Well, I was service school, yeah. Yeah, but I know you did your basic training not far from where I am, down in the Finger Lakes. I remember- did Samson, Samson, New York. Yeah, Samson Basin. Because remember, a couple years ago, we went down to down to the base. It's a, a museum. Yeah, and now. we went. Right now, they have an air force. They use it for uh, air training. Yeah, because I, I was looking into the history of it. For World War Two, it was a naval training. And then right after that, it switched to Air Force for the Korean War, and it's been Air Force related ever since. Okay. Well, that was the only time I think it was ever really used for naval was during World War Two. Yeah. So well, I don't know what what they have now. Probably some kind of a park there now. Plus. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a park. There might be a cemetery there, and I'm pretty sure it's just um, a museum. I don't know if it's actually used for training anymore. Well, the last time I was there, you were with us. Yeah, you were. I was with you. Yeah, that was really cool. We saw your um your class photo basically because there was that guy yeah. uh, who was the Korean War vet who was kind of the the guide through everything. And and you, how long were you in basic for? Oh, six weeks. Six weeks coming from not knowing anything, and then they put you on a basically send you down to Norfolk, put you on a boat, and send you out to sea, right? Yeah. Well, then, then, oh, incidentally, I was wondering why I was in OGU, that's outgoing unit. Mm-hmm. And all my buddies' cells, most of them were on the ship already, the guy I went with. He was on a cruiser. And uh, here I went to Boilermaker School. So uh, out of 21 guys, most of them were steam fitters, pipe fitters, licensed plumbers and all that. And here I am, 18 years old, and I come out with a rating, third class. That's equal to a sergeant. Of course, after the guys all went on the ship, they they all got a rating. 
how did you get assigned to a uh, Boilermaker school anyway? I have no idea. I never saw a boiler. I, I was going to be a pattern maker uh, at Westinghouse. When I graduated from high school, I was only 17. I was too young for the apprentice course at Westinghouse. When I come out of the service, I was after 20, older than 21. I was too old for an apprentice program. So that shut my apprenticeship at Westinghouse and locked it out, knocked it out the door. Okay. <laughs> so then basically, so you learned a little bit, and then it was kind of once you actually got on the boat, you, you sort of had to learn it on the fly kind of thing? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, well, you, I was in charge of a steaming watch in a boiler room. We had four guys, and, and you know, each watch, we used to work uh, four on, eight off. That was during the wartime. Yeah. And we were continually going like that all the time. Ship I was on was built in Dravot, you know that. Yeah, the USS Jenks. Yeah, and we commissioned it in New Orleans, Louisiana, and the 19th of January, 1944. We took a shakedown to Bermuda, British West Indies. Okay. Uh, while I was on there, we steamed 111,785 miles. That's a long way. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to hear where we were? Oh, please. Yeah, this is because I, I, you may have told me, but I can't recall off the top of my head. Right. I'm, 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 I'm going to look. I'm look yeah, down you my, got your book with you, right? Yeah, I got my book. Yeah. That here, ports of call were, okay? Okay. New Orleans. New Orleans, Louisiana. That's where we put it in commission. Okay. And incidentally, this ship was built at uh, Dravot in Pittsburgh, and I had already been assigned to the ship, and I tried getting transferred to Pittsburgh to help, you know, while they were, while it was still under uh, construction, but that never failed, so I had to stay in Samson there till I was ready for my ship. Okay. Anyway, we went to New Orleans. We put uh, put the ship in uh, commission, and we went to Bermuda for our shakedown, British Wind Indy. Then we went to Boston, Norfolk, Norfolk, Brooklyn. Then we went to convoy duty, Swansea, Wales. We 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 did convoy duty. That's where we protected the. Uh, hundreds of uh, merchant ships carrying supplies overseas. Yeah, because the Jenks was a destroyer escort, right? Yeah, okay. right. And sometimes this was dangerous because if a ship broke down and they were floundering while they repaired, we we had to stay with it. We left the convoy and we would stay there to protect that uh, disabled uh, vessel. And... Uh, well, we, you were like a sitting duck there. Did that happen we often, just, or was that just a worst case scenario? Oh, no, no. Only, only when, uh, no. This was like our first cruise to Swansea, Wales. See, that's then, interesting, because uh, I never knew you went to, you were in Wales. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, the, I, I was there the one time in a big convoy. And then we went back, we went to New London, Connecticut, and we used to operate with the submarines. We used to go out and uh, try tracking them. Yeah, this was like a training course. Okay. And we uh, were in Casco Bay, May, and then we went to Viserti, Tunis, Tunisia. 
we were there. And we another time we, we went to Palermo, Sicily. We were in uh, Oran, Algeria. We were in the Azores. Yeah, and that's we, right. You were in the, yeah the Azores. You mentioned that before, which is yeah. what ninety or so, hundred miles off the coast of Portugal, if I believe right. Okay, yeah. And we, now at we, some we point were, you spent time in Cuba, right? Oh yeah, I was going to say Guant- Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Well, that was we were welcome there, and we spent some time in Key West, Florida, and we were in Havana, Savannah, Georgia, Rhode Island. Wait, so you were really they, bouncing around all the... I, I, I never realized you bounced around that much, especially on the coast. Oh, yeah. We, well, I was a one-ocean sailor. Yeah. Every time we got, we were going to go do something else, like uh, they had, uh, they were making near the end of uh, power stations. They were making out of these. So we were scheduled to be a power station at Pacific, and here somebody got... They, they uh, bombed the rear back end of the ship, the, the, the DE. So then instead of remodeling him and putting him back, they took him and made this uh, power, power ship out. Oh, okay. So we we stayed. See, that I never knew. I never thought to ask that before. Well, we crossed the Atlantic five times, convoy escort, and participated in the capture of... Uh, German submarine U-505. Yeah, that was the big one. That's the one everybody remembers because that was a couple days before D-Day, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. We were the fourth and then the sixth was a D-Day. So we, uh, we captured the German U-boat U-505. First enemy man of war to be captured by the U.S. Navy on the high seas in wartime since the War of 1812. This incident took place on the coast of North Africa on the 4th of June, 1944. And the Navy secretary withheld the story for over a year. Then with the fall of Germany and surrendering of subs in the Atlantic, the U-505 episode was released and soon afterward, the Jenks was awarded the presidential unit citation. No shit. I didn't know they withheld it for a year. They, they did, but I I know it was. Uh, we were interned in Bermuda for a time because they wanted to take the German submarine to the state. Yeah. So we were with the carrier, and there were five DEs. Four of them were diesel, and we were steam. And since we were steam, we were selected to accompany the. Seagoing tug, carrying us up to Bermuda. Yeah, because the steam would have been the fastest out of all of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why we escorted. The the diesel were slower than us, and I was on a steam job. Hence, hence you You were the boiler maker, because I don't think did the diesels have boilers, or was it just the steam ones? No, no, they were they were motorized. They burnt diesel fuel. Okay. And then now, because so you after you grabbed U five hundred five, you escorted them back to Bermuda, but. Now, I think you mentioned, had you not done that, you were supposed to go to to uh, Normandy, right? Yeah, yeah, because that was two days later. Yeah, so you would have been I, I, naval support at Normandy. I imagine we were headed that way. Right, but then you it know, just happened that you caught the that you saw the sub. Or... They didn't publish uh, where you were going. You know, that was all secret. Oh, right, yeah, you couldn't do that. But uh, the, the, I was uh, in 
where we bunked, there was three bunks in the center. It was unusual. Uh, the guy in above me was a quartermaster, and I used to go see him on a bridge. Quartermaster did the nav- navigate, you know, for yeah. the captain. And uh, I had a map, and I could tell where we were headed. Okay, so they you know, didn't tell you, but latitude. you could figure it out from the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the longitude and latitude, and I had a map, and I could tell what what way we were going. Well, can you imagine? I don't know. Can you imagine that? Because you, you would have had to have been there to see D-Day firsthand, basically, if you, the sub had oh, to go. Yeah. Okay, so sure. after, how long were you in Bermuda with U-505, and where, what did they do at, with it after that? Did they just bring it? To- oh, they towed it. They they towed it to New York. Okay. They 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 took it to the Boston Yards, or Boston Navy Yard, and they uh, did some work on it, and uh, they took it on a bond selling tour uh-huh. in the United States. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? They went. Yeah, the war bonds. And, so, like, buy yeah, war bonds because look what we did. We captured this. Uh, that's what they did. Well, after that, you know, it was sitting somewhere, and a captain uh, almost got a demotion for maintaining it or taking it as a prisoner. Yeah. They thought ended up it was on a bond tour. Then they had it stored at the Chicago Science Center on the outside. You know that. Yeah, because it's it's still down. It's it still was, in Chicago, right? Yeah, it was getting rusty in that. So then they went. And they built a new new business. Have you seen it in Chicago? I I never. I've seen pictures. I I never actually got down to okay. see it in person. It's at the what the Museum of Science or wherever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they built a new. Uh, they built a new housing for it, and it's inside now. Well, we were there three years ago. Al, for about three years ago, we had a reunion there. All the Hayjacks and the Upsetniks. Yeah, because I remember we, seeing pictures of uh, people standing by the by the memorial wall pointing to your name. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, so that's been a couple of years since we were there. Well, hopefully, once everything gets settled, I'd like to get down there and actually see it in person. Linda's uh, Al's wife is planning having a reunion this year in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and uh, well, with all this turmoil, we don't know what's going to happen. It's been postponed now. Right, everything's up in the air for the foreseeable future. From Memorial Day till Labor Day, yeah. So we're just playing by ear now. Yeah, you have to. You, I remember at one point when we were in Vegas a couple years back, I was talking to you about it, and you said at some of the reunions, I think a few of the old German sailors that were on the ship were there. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were there, and they had written a book, and they were selling books. They Any animosity liberal. toward it, or was it at that point so much time had oh, passed no, and they were just no, sailors no. doing what they were told to do? Right, they were just they were business transactions as far as they're trying to sell their books. Yeah, and plus, you know, they yeah. were they were probably kids like you. You know, they were just doing what they were told. Well, to do. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I ever showed you pictures, but uh, they all had big beards in the under the ship, and the ship they were on the. Uh, it didn't have it too good. They they had a lot of bad experiences when they were out in the field, you know, underwater. Well, I'm, I mean, I can't really think. I can't really think of many good experiences you would have in a sub. You know, that's you're basically in a you're basically in an underwater coffin at that point. Yeah. And now after they took after they towed 
the did you take the U five oh five back to Boston or was that somebody else and then you went back? No, no, no. That was that was somebody else. Okay. No, we just took it from uh, North Africa over to Bermuda. We escorted with a Seagull and Tuck. Now a Seagull and Tuck can can uh, pull that side. He can, he can make pretty good speed. We were his aide. We 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 protected them. Now I remember seeing pictures of the tug, and I think I'll have to send it to you. In the one picture, your ship is in the background. Did now did what the Germans tried to scuttle it, but they they weren't very successful. But they had didn't you didn't you guys have to have like some semblance of a skeleton crew in there to keep the props moving so it didn't sink? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then then well, once they got in there, they had qualified officer engineering officers found out the seacocks to close and how to uh pump pump the bilges you know clean all that the, the water that they opened the seacocks well, they I closed remember, them yeah i remember reading the one the guy pulled the the guy pulled it but he left it right next to the hole like he didn't take it with yeah. him so it was real easy to plug that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think the guy that the american that plugged it won a medal of honor for that okay well yeah now, did you ever oh, actually guy. go on the sub, or were you just, or you just took on prisoners and documents? Oh no, no, we took on thirteen prisoners. That's all. Oh hell no, well, we we were far away. The only time I went on the sub is when it was in Chicago. Okay. You know, it's a museum. Right. They can't be much room in those things. I think uh, I, there was that. There's that one that's still outside the uh, the science center in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. I think when I was in school, we took a tour of it, and I remember it not being very big for as big as the, no, no, the no. ship is. There's not a lot of room in there. No, they're not not much, not too big at all. Because this this uh, sub had uh, a crew of fifty three, and uh, only uh, there was only one casualty. Once they were disabled, the captain on the carrier says that we were going to capture them. Yeah. So they only used. They only use small, small guns. Right. And only out of the 54, one guy got killed. One German got killed. I remember reading that. In, and I've seen the the report, all the rounds of ammunition that were fired at that sub. Only one guy died in that whole ordeal. Uh-huh. Which I think is just was, amazing. What was that in the background? Yeah. Did you step on a duck? <laughs> no, I heard something squeak. No. Yeah, I thought I heard something squeak. Well, that- that, that was your dad in the chair I made in 1940. You made a chair in 19, In high school. Oh, God, I didn't even know they had wood way back then. Quack, quack. Yeah, exactly. So that this was June of 44. The war ended in 45, officially. When, well, well, VE Day wasn't that long ago, and that was 45. Yeah. And that was it for you in the Atlantic Theater, because the, the Japanese didn't surrender until later. After the bombs right. dropped, so how long did you actually stay in there? Because you were there, I think, even after the war officially ended, you were still part of your uh, yeah your tour. Well, because uh, a lot of those guys had dependents; they were married and that, so they were all released before I did. I got out in '46. Okay, so, so what did you guys do after that. the uh, after the war ended? Were you just basically well, we, we, we still did. We we just uh, we cruised. We've spent a lot of time in in uh, Miami in in that area there. Did you ever go we, back to Havana, or was it just the one the couple times before the? No, no. We we probably stopped there 
We, oh, we, we were in Key West there for a while when I, I left my ship in Key West. Okay. When I was getting discharged. So they, they discharged you, you were in Key West, and you had to get back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, I, I went, uh, no, they, I left my ship, and I went to uh, Bainbridge, Maryland, a naval training place. That's where I was discharged. Oh, okay. Well, how'd you get up there? Did they train you up there? Or take a train up there? No, no, take a what? Train? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I t- well, I, I left my ship in uh, Key West, Florida. We took a bus to Miami. Okay. Then from Miami, we went to uh, uh, Bainbridge, Maryland. That's where the boot camp was, and that's where we were, we were discharged. And that's where you got your official discharge papers. Yeah, and, I, and then I went home from there. Man, what an experience. Such a short period of time. You know, so much yeah. happened. You saw... Probably one of the most incredible things in modern history, I would say. You mean a sub? Well, not not just that, but I mean the the whole ordeal, being there in the middle of everything. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The, the part when the, the tide of the war definitely started to change. Yeah. Because one of the things you grabbed out of that sub, then you got another Enigma machine, right? Yeah, yeah, that was that. And, that, you know, that was a... Excuse me. Oh, you're that right. That was a decoder machine. Yeah. And uh, they didn't know that we had it. So they were still sending stuff out, not realizing the 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 Allies had. We we could we could decode it, yeah. Uh, what what happened to that one? I know there's one in there's there's one in the uh, the World War II Museum in New Orleans. I saw that one. There's an Enigma machine sitting there, but I don't think it's the one you guys grabbed. No, no, no. I, well, I don't know about that. Okay. What a, what a turn of events! You know, you're on your way to Normandy. And all of a sudden, here's a sub with an Enigma machine. You take the whole sub. First time we grabbed right. anything whole in in the in the water since 1812. Right, that's right. And and I, I've read the reports because the the Navy put out or finally published the official report, the timeline, and who did what and all that. It looked like it happened real fast. Like it, it didn't take long for them to basically surface and surrender. Oh no no no! Once once we got the uh... You know, got a contact and, and put some explosives down there to bust them open. You know, break the water seal. Yeah, hell, I'd give they up had too. To, they had they had to come up. Yeah, otherwise it'd have drowned down there. Yeah, I, I would have given up real quick too. Uh, I mean, well, when it popped up, how far away was was your ship from it? Because I think you guys probably were basically in a big circle around it, just firing down until it popped up. Well, you could, I could. Uh, well, we could get on our deck and uh, you could see the submarine. Uh, mostly sunk and only the focus over the, the front was uh, sticking out of the water you know well, in the meantime they were always over there they were pumping and trying to yeah get the excess water out of there so it would float a lot easier yeah because at that point the germans were doing everything they could to sink it you guys were doing everything you yeah. could to keep it afloat yeah yeah well the germans were off of it then but right they yeah. would open all the seacocks and it was just taking on water, taking on water. Now, I, I I don't think I ever asked this, but I'm going to ask it now. At the at the time it happened, did you guys realize what had happened, like, or was it just another like, hey, we did this, we we did something that we were supposed to do, or did you realize that there was something bigger behind it? We we all had our battle stations, and uh, we, we knew what we were we were prepared, and and uh, well, I was in a repair party number one and uh, I was never in a boiler room so I was always up on the top 
on the main deck. Okay. And we could, uh, me and, and my co-workers there in this repair party, we could go out on the deck and we could we could see what, what was happening. I, I can't even Where, imagine what it would have been like to see that. Not just to see it, but to hear it, all that stuff going on. You know, because really, but, up uh, until that point, how, did you ever really leave Pittsburgh up until you went to Cleveland for the baseball game and then the service? No, okay, no. I used to go to Camp Twin Echo for my vacations. Yeah, I remember that place. You remember Twin Echo? I do, yeah. It was uh, the old Boy Scout camp, but uh, unfortunately yeah, that has since yeah. gone by the wayside. Even before all the stuff that's going on with the Boy Scouts now, they uh, quit using Twin Echo and moved it to Camp Heritage. Okay, I wasn't aware of that, okay. Yeah, but I, I do remember, I went maybe once, but I know you went there, Dad went there when he was in the Scouts. What a hell of a life. Did you ever, did you ever think about, you know, really writing, writing a book like those German, the German soldier sailors rather did. Do you ever think about it? Just sitting down, writing no, all no. this down? No, no. Nah. I said, how many years? 75 years ago. God, yeah, 70, 76 years. <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of books out there. Oh my God. I mean, there's a wealth of information out there about it, but a lot of it is done by military historians and there's really nothing like a first-hand account and you know these yeah. you know those guys are getting a little harder to find these days and sometimes the memory isn't what it used to be but you're you're right there man you remember it well probably detail I had much missed too but yeah and still it's a hell of a lot more details than pretty much anybody listening to this ever had <laughs> myself included okay so that was that so the war come to an end what so what happened with life after that? I know eventually you you went to work for Westinghouse, but once you got back to Pittsburgh in '46, what happened? I went to Robert Morris, took up accounting. Did you do? Did you use the GI Bill for that? Yeah, oh yeah. All right. Then then they used to have a uh, fifty-two twenty club. If you didn't have a job, you got twenty dollars a week for fifty-two weeks. Wow, that's no, no strings. Yeah, you know, better yeah, than kept, especially back then. That wasn't probably bad money. No, no, you used to get a 16-ounce beer for a dime. Oh, shit, 20, 20, 20 bucks a week, you know. That's a lot of 16-ounce beers. <laughs> no, no, that, that they used to call it the 52-20 club. Huh, I never heard of that. That's interesting. 50, 52-20, you got $20 a week for 52 weeks was a limit. Uh -huh. Then once, once you got a job, you were... Yeah, you are cut off. It was kind of like... Uh, Kind of like a welfare kind of thing, sort of. So you okay. go to Robert Morris, you get you you take up accounting, you go to Westinghouse for however long it was, and, and then after that... Well, I worked at Mine Safety first. Oh, that's right, you were at Mine Safety. I worked at AMPT Company. I don't know whether you remember them or not. Mm, that one escapes me. I know there was, what, a, sh a short period a... of time when you did sell used cars. Yeah, Joe, Joe Nixon. Yeah, Joe Nixon. That's right. Guys, you can't use a name like Upsitnik. You know, I was Joe Dick Nixon. Yeah, it sounds too ethnic, right? Yeah. Well, and at the time, that was that was a concern. You never knew. Yeah. And now you, you yeah. grabbed from what? The old Nixon Theater, I think you said, in Pittsburgh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he said, you're going to be Joe Nixon. They were getting ready to demolish a Nixon, I think. You well, saw, you, did, you, you ever, did you sell any cars? Or were you just kind of there? No, no, no. I, I'd never get started. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'd buy a car from you, Bert. Okay. I'd have done it in a heartbeat. I forgot to mention it. I spent a lot of time in the shore patrol. You know what that is? 
when when we went uh, uh, when we had liberty in a foreign town or somewhere, you had to send a, a policeman, a, what they called shore patrol. For so many men on your ship, you had to send one one guy to be a shore patrolman. Okay, you so kind of like kind of like an MP almost. Right, right, right. Okay, so uh, I, I did a lot of that. You had to be a petty officer, and but anyway, I, there were a lot of married guys. 35, 30 on our ship, and they had families. And, of course, when uh, I would give my liberty, but at the same time, I could get shore patrol. So uh, I, I, would, I saw, you know, visiting and try to ma- maintaining order through the, for the services. And that, that was good because you went all the new, all these uh, places, and you could go in and get a meal and, even get a beer or something, and you were on liberty, and it, you you didn't get credit. You know, it didn't cost you anything. Right. I didn't lose my, my liberty. <laughs> well, didn't you you didn't you hang out at the the bar that Hemingway drank at in Havana? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I remember you telling me that because you always had that. What I didn't realize it at the time at your house that little ashtray that kind of looked like a guitar that you got from from there in Cuba. Well, that was Bermuda. That was uh, uh, Cuba, Cuba, Cuba. Yeah, yeah, Havana. Yeah, man. See, and all those years, I just played with it, and I had no clue what the hell it was. <laughs> and it was a few years ago. You told we figured out what what it was. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like a like a like a guitar. Yeah, it looked like <laughs> a guitar, and then the bottom slid out so you could empty out the ashes. Let me ask you this: If you had to go back in time, would you do it again? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know a lot more now than right. Yeah, I did then. but it's a little different than the wars that are going on today because at least in World War II we knew who the enemy was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now here, uh, uh, you want to hear the citation? Yeah, I because I actually I, I knew that you got the presidential unit citation. You actually have it? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, oh, hell yeah, in, I in hear the that. book it has a picture of uh, the Jenks guarding. The prize. So and the submarine is uh, one, about one, one third out of the water and the rest in the wind of water. And uh, on this book, it said, for extraordinary heroism in action against an enemy German submarine during the capture of that vessel off French West Africa, June the 4th, 1944. Locating the German U-505 after a long period, units of Task Group 22.C, that was our Yeah, that, task that group. was your guys' number. They coordinated and relentless tracking, okay, forcing the U-boat to the surface. Were the destroyer escorts and aircraft aware that the ship's ship might get, get some later? Uh-oh. Momentarily think or blow up a small party braved the danger plunged through the coning tower hatch and worked desperately to keep her afloat and to make the U-505 seaworthy for the long tow across the Atlantic in accomplishing, accomplishing the first successful boarding and capture of an enemy man of war since 1815, Task Group 22.3 rendered invaluable service 
offsetting subsequent operations in the Battle of the Atlantic and upheld the oldest and highest tradition of the United States Navy. And that was signed by James Forstall. He was the Secretary of the Navy at that time. Okay, I was I was wondering who signed that. Did, did the president sign? Okay, so it was the Secretary of the Navy. James Forstall. Forstall, I imagine you heard him. I, I, yeah, that name is definitely up there. You you read uh, anything about naval history in World War II, his name pops up quite a lot. That is, that is cool, because I've never actually heard the wording of the presidential unit citation before. Okay, well, I have a, I have a certificate at home sometime. I'll have to dig it out. Oh, yeah, I, I'm laying claim to that. Okay. Officially on air. What else do you need? Well, what else you got? Um, actually, let's uh, start to wrap it up. Let's talk about, I know I talked about it a few weeks ago, the last trip we took to Las Vegas, right when everything really broke up. And we saw the, remember we saw them pulling the chairs from the slot machines and changing. Yeah, the separating them. Yeah, that was crazy. I think it was just blind, you know, it was good fortune that I was able to get on the flight back to Pittsburgh with you guys because they. Well, yeah, that's right. That was something. Yeah, because they boned I, me, or Chicago boned me. And I often wondered if uh, it was a lady with two or three kids. What the hell would it That really had a hard time, huh? Right. You know, because they're telling me, oh, you can stay in Las Vegas. Well, where am I going to stay? You know, we checked out of the hotel. What am I going to do? I'm, I'm screwed. And your car was in uh, Buffalo. Right, yeah. So I'm in Pittsburgh. My car's in Buffalo. Well, you did they tell you... I? Because I, I stayed at Dad's that night when we got back. Yeah. And then I he took me down to Route 8. I rented a car, and I drove it to the Buffalo Airport and swapped it out for my car. Well, did you ever get reimbursed from uh, airlines? No, they didn't. No. They 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 sent me an email saying, well, you know, it's it's out of our control when it's air traffic controllers, yada, yada, yada. Okay, well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, piss off, basically. Well, you, you were more... Maroon, you were stuck there. Uh, yeah, I mean, they gave me the three options. It was either stay in Vegas, go to Milwaukee, or get on the flight to Pittsburgh. It's like, well, at least the Pittsburgh one makes sense because I have a place to but stay. But they they, you weren't going to get reimbursed either way. No, they weren't. They wouldn't even give me a meal voucher. Okay, no kid. Yeah, so that was a thing that happened. But we all made it back. Everybody's healthy and happy. Just we're kind of stuck indoors for a little bit. But at least you're yeah. there with Dad, so you got people to talk to. Yeah. And you're doing well. It sounds like you're doing well. <laughs> Probably gained 10 pounds. Well, you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. Oh, no, okay. You know, so no, I'm, not for you, because I'm the one that carries it around. <laughs> True. Uh, okay. Well, I know, uh, as we're recording this, it's actually a couple weeks before Memorial Day, but... It snowed yesterday. Did you guys get snow yesterday? Uh, little flurries, yeah. Yeah, it snowed like hell here. I sent a picture to Allison, my sister, and and she's like, oh, my God, it looks like you're getting accumulation. And for a little bit we did, and then the sun came out. Yeah, well, then your dad had a picture of uh, Harper. There was a few flurries, and she's out there catching them. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just early May. Yeah, it's snowing. Why not, right? Oh, man. Yeah, well. I guess them kids are all mixed up too. They can't see their friends or. Well, that, that that's the school. problem because they're so used to going to school and going to the playground yeah. and doing all this and that. And for the time being, no, you can't do that right now. 
I was talking about Kennywood. I mean, how the hell would you ride the ride the racer or something? Yeah, like you that? ain't riding nothing. I think at this point, what they should probably do is just not even open Kennywood for the season. Just come back next year. And for all of you who don't know what the hell Kennywood is, it's the old amusement park in <laughs> was it in Rankin, outside of Pittsburgh. Rankin, where's Kennywood Park? Yeah, it's Rankin, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that that's the place where everybody went, you, you know, how many times do we see people renting the pavilions for family reunions and oh, yeah. school days going to Kennywood? I remember. I haven't been to Kennywood in years. Well, it was free then. Probably pay five, six bucks, maybe more. Ooh, pay a little more than that these days. Okay, probably 12, 15 bucks interest fee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you pay to get in and then you got to pay for everything in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I heard that... Um, even Disney World wasn't even planning on opening it until September at the earliest. Oh, yeah? And that's massive, so I don't know what chance, you know, Kennywood would have. Well, we're planning on going to Ocean City end of July. Okay. We'll, we'll see so how that works. Hopefully hopefully everything's a little better. Happen, yeah. I think they're still planning on uh, running them uh, buses, you know, on the, on the boardwalk. Oh, yeah, the little transport trams? Then again, then, yeah, the tram. But then again, how the hell are you going to keep six foot apart? Yeah, you can't. I mean, you're you're literally sitting next to each other. It'd be like going to a baseball game. How are you going to do it? Because there's, right. you know, three inches of clearance between you and the guy next to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a it's a crazy time, but we're all going to get through it, and hopefully, and hopefully by next year, everything will be back to some semblance of normal, so we can start to see sports again and go out and do stuff and go to a restaurant and sit down. But at least for the time being, everybody's doing well that I know. You're you're hanging in there. You're doing well, keeping busy. Hopefully, okay. you're keeping busy because you you left your own devices. I don't know. I I wouldn't trust that. But, <laughs> but all right, I think that's good. Do you have any closing thoughts, Pap? Anything you want to leave the audience with? No, no. I enjoyed my time in the service. Good. It was a learning experience all the time. Absolutely. And you, you did a hell of a thing for the country. You made the U, you helped make the U.S. who we are. And I, I'm going to speak for everybody when I say thank you for that. Happy Memorial Day, Bert. Okay. All right. So long, Zach. All right. You take it easy. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this week for the carnival. Um, I want to thank my grandfather, Joe Upsitnik, a fabulously entertaining uh, World War II vet for everything he's done not just for my life, but for the country in general. And I think we should close this whole thing by saying, with today being Memorial Day, if you know a veteran, thank a veteran. And if you know a veteran that is no longer with us, just take some time today and say a little, say a little mental prayer for them. Give them some thanks, because without them doing what they did, none of us would be able to sit here and do what we do. So for us here at the Carnival... Have a great Memorial Day. Stay safe, and we will see you next week. Goodbye, everyone.